Well, hello and welcome to this week's wonderful podcast version of yeah, Manchester. I'm joined today by Mr. Brandon McCaffrey. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right, Flower. So we have got a wonderful show today. I'm so excited to speak to each of these guests, everybody. You're in for an absolute treat. Stick around. Tell the world all about this podcast only on your Manchester. Well, we have got our first guest with us, and he is an absolute legend in the world of politics, everybody. At such a young age, he is making and carving out his own space within the politics in Manchester. His name, Councillor John Connor Lyons. I've been delivering letters to residents to get them out to vote, because it's a really important election next Thursday. Not this Thursday, next Thursday. Why should people vote? What's the importance of voting? Well, I mean, especially this time. I mean, we've just gone through a really tough year and a half Mm -hmm. Uh, and this city Manchester we're planning our recovery our Covid post recovery Mm -hmm. Um, and that means there's going to be lots of changes in Manchester so people need to be part of that change and help us write our vision for the city and voting helps us write that vision you know you can really say what your values are in yourself and reflect that on the city and elect councillors that represent you. Now, I don't want to undermine you, but you are but a little wisp of a boy, aren't you? I am indeed. How old are you? I'm 24, going on 25. younger than me. Why so passionate about politics, then? So, I first got involved in politics um, around 2013, 2014, when the kind of cuts from the national government were affecting my life. So, my education at college was being restricted, and I was forced into a situation which I didn't want to be in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's when I got involved in politics. Um, and then I got involved in my local community and I, I realised that all politics is local um, and you can really have an impact locally. So that's why I got involved in politics uh, locally as well as, you know, making sure that I have a national voice for my MP. Um, and yeah, I love local politics now. Okay. But, yeah. So what gives re- people the reason to vote for you then? What makes you different compared to the other candidates? Absolutely. So um, I am one of the only local candidates that live in the area that I represent. Um, I've worked over, obviously, the last three years to fight for my residents. So I've got new green spaces in the city centre. Mm-hmm. I've got affordable housing in the city centre. Oh, very good. Absolutely. You know, compared to the previous years, we hadn't had any affordable housing approved. Now we've got two sites and two more coming. Um, I've pushed back developers who've tried to demolish listed buildings in uh-huh. our city. Uh, I've got more money to tackle crime and antisocial behaviour in and around Piccadilly Gardens. Um, you know, lots of reasons to vote. You've definitely made a change yes. in Manchester then. Uh, you heard that, people, then that's that's definitely a, a massive reason for people to get in touch with it. I like that. Yeah, you, you do get heavily involved with your politics, don't you? You are very, very passionate about it. What would you say is one of the most passionate things that you are involved in, really? Um, I, I want to say something like green space or affordable housing, but actually it's litter and rubbish that really it's terrible, isn't it? It's awful. It's awful. I give you that. I bet and you've been loving the fact that we've been locked down and nobody's been littering. I know, no, the streets have been clean, you could eat your dinner off them almost. Yeah. Mm, maybe not. No. But, um, yeah, obviously when we've been reopening, there's been some struggles with, you know, litter and, and people not using bins or some bins mm. being overflowing. So, you know, one of the things that we've been doing is making sure there's extra resource in places. So you might see some new kind of big green bins that are temporary, but to try and alleviate the, the current litter problem. But a lot of people are saying that there isn't the, the different people. You, you're obviously obsessed with the recycling and a lot of people saying they can't do the recycling if they haven't got the right bins. Basically, there's only like one set of bins. What would you do to change that then? Absolutely. So in the city centre, before we were elected, there was basically no recycling. So we've introduced measures in most buildings to put in different recycling bins. And we've seen recycling rates in the city centre over the last two years uh, triple 
that's great work, but we want to continue that going because not only recycling is good for the environment and our planet, it's also cheaper for us taxpayers. Mm -hmm. So what we're looking to do is look at buildings, speak to management, speaking to leaseholders and residents and try and get these recycling bins in buildings. Some buildings are not appropriate because they weren't designed to have so many people living in them. Yeah, you know, buildings yeah. built, you know, in their different bins, I suppose. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, some buildings it won't always be possible to have inside recycling, but we will absolutely try. That's amazing, it really, really, really is. Really good, honestly. Um, politics, it's kind of a world where people kind of, especially over the last few years, haven't been really believing or fully behind their local MP. How can we change this? I think, you know, there is a lot of apathy and there is a lot of um, disengagement when you, you know, start to talk about politics, but I think it's important to remember that all politics is local mm -hmm. and be it, you know, organising a litter pick or planting flowers or anything like that, that is all political because people are making a statement through their actions about yeah. how they want to see their community better. So we need to, um, you know, make people realise that and if people think that they've got um, any local issues in their area that they want to see improve, mm -hmm. you know, they need to get involved with the local councils and their MP. I'd say, I, mean, I know, especially, obviously, again, being someone around the same age as you, I, whenever I was younger, wouldn't really pay much attention to politics. And it was one of, it's one of those things. But I feel like over the past few years, even our generation, a lot of people have suddenly got really interested in it. Do you think because you're a younger candidate, that makes you more interesting to those type of people? Uh, hopefully. I mean, you know, I represent a, quite a diverse ward in terms of age. Um, however, you know, I represent everyone. Um, I think, you know, there's been lots of key decisions nationally that, you know, young people have felt oh, yeah. quite emotional over. Um, so, you know, the important thing is just to remember that, you know, these might be local elections and you might just be voting for a councillor or, you know, mayor of Greater Manchester, for instance, for us. Um, but they will absolutely have, you know, um, you know consequences nationally. Yes. So it's important that people vote and make their voices heard, no matter, you know, what level it is at. You know, the so, you know, current government want themselves to do well locally. Yeah. Um, and if anyone wants to send a message to them, you know, they absolutely need to vote, uh, not this Thursday, next Thursday. Yeah, I think, I think that's a very important message, considering how some people still out there would sit there and go, oh, well, if I don't vote, what's it, if I vote, what's it really going to do? Mm -hmm. And I think that's such an important message for people to understand. Your vote makes a massive difference in the world. Absolutely. And if people don't vote, then that sends a message to the government and to everyone else that actually you're contempt. Yeah. You don't want to see any change. You think everything is A-OK. -okay. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's the case. Now, of course, you're affiliated with Labour. Yes. Um, and of course, your leader of Labour is Mr Kerr. Starmer. Starmer. Did I say that right? Yeah. Starmer. And Starmer. he, of course, was at one of these lovely churches a few months back, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yes, and uh, as a person of LGBTness yourself, what's your take on that? So, um, when I first saw it, uh, just like um, a lot of people, you know, the, the video that he was promoting himself at this church uh, focused on, his, you know, the food bank efforts that they were doing. I first saw it, I was like, oh, what a lovely visit. You know, he went to a church, fantastic, great. They do food banks, supporting community locally during COVID, whatever. And then, uh, like most people, realise what type of church he went to and the beliefs that they had. So, I was alongside a lot of other people in the Labour Party and outside the Labour Party who call for Keir Starmer to apologise and to take down the video. Yeah. Um, he, of course, then did uh, an LGBT Labour, which is an organisation within Labour. You might mm -hmm. see them at Pride and, and those sorts of things. Met with Keir Starmer and his leadership team to make sure that things like that don't happen again. Because So you would say you're definitely against all kinds of conversion therapy? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, the Labour Party has policy on it that, you know, it's abhorrent and 
Because yeah. Yeah. we had Mr Burnham on a few weeks ago. We did, we and, did. Uh, he was very apologetic on Mr Salmon's behalf. So, yes. I mean, you're not having a good run of leaders, are you, really? Let's be honest. We had, we had Mr Corbyn. <laughs> we had Mr Corbyn and then yes. Mr Starmer. None of the Labour leaders seem to have, um, should we say, hit the mark. I'd say, I'd say that's also a thing, though, to do with, like, looking at what you guys do, though. Cause I think a lot of people sat there at elections and been like, oh, well, I don't like the leader. I went, yeah, but it's not important who the leader is. It's important what the party is actually trying to do and change Well, some might argue that the leader has the final say and is passing these opinions down the line. I don't know. I wouldn't really trust Boris Johnson as far as I could throw him. Well. <laughs> <laughs> He's a leader of such. Well, of such, yes. So, <laughs> your run of lovely leaders, would you like to see Mr Stammer continue or would you like to see something perhaps change? Well, I, did I, you see that smile there? Did you like that? That means I have fully just done a question time. Thank you very absolutely. much. Um, I, I think Keir Starmer should absolutely continue being leader. He absolutely should have a chance. One of the things that um, Keir Starmer did pledge when he was standing for leader of the Labour Party was that if he believed before the next general election that he couldn't win and be prime minister of this country if he does if he couldn't believe that you know he'd take labor to victory that he would stand down after that's the and right he would decision take his place absolutely <laughs> so litter picking and keeping our, our lovely city clean and clear is what you're going to be kind of working towards anything else that you'll be working towards that you feel is important for our city absolutely so um, you know we've got some fantastic green spaces like the new 6.5 acre city center park at mayfield that's fantastic but we need to keep the momentum going on getting new green spaces in the city centre. Unfortunately, the national government isn't going to give us money, so we have to no. work with developers and the private sector and, and basically get any money that we can to get new green spaces. I know Andy Burnham has promised a new city centre park over at Castlefield. And he's very obsessed with the buses. He's very obsessed with the buses, and rightly so, because he well, to, to me, I was just wondering whether he got quite obsessed with the buses after the, um, the slight altercation with the bus company that tried suing him. And I'm just wondering if he got behind, wanted to, to um, publicise, make the uh, buses public after that. No, I mean, this was on his agenda since 2017 to go through this long and legal process. A part of, you know, was getting a mayor, was having loads of new powers. Taking buses under our control was one of those new powers. Mm. Fortunately, it's been a very long and legal process. Lots of hoops to jump through. Um, they've been jumping through those hoops since 2017 and now we're at the end of it and we can take buses back into our control. control. They are going to start to you know, start these legal challenges to try and stop that from happening because they want to continue making profits and, and everything like that. And um, we think that buses should be a service for people locally um, and benefit us all. And yeah. streets in city centre, pedestrianised or roadworthy? What should they be? In your I, I, I think we need a mix because it's important to remember that people in the city centre, you know, um, not everyone looks like me. Some people are older, they have disabilities, so it's important to remember that accessibility in and out of the city centre is mm -hmm. so, so important. But I am in favour of more pedestrianisation. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I did in February was call for- You're doing an awful lot of walking. I Every know. time we see you on social media, you're walking somewhere. Walking everywhere. Oh, I'm a pedestrian at heart. Um, in February this year, I called for um, 25 schemes to be reviewed for long-term pedestrianisation in the city because obviously we're seeing short-term pedestrianisation mm -hmm. because of COVID and allowing hospitality to go outside. But I, you know, I want to see long-term change out of this positive change. And I think that can be achieved. I think especially COVID, it's, it's, it's changed the world in some ways for the worse of obviously what we've seen. But in some ways, I think it's changed a little bit for the better. We've learned different areas. I know obviously it's not Manchester, but whenever I went to Belfast Zoo, one thing they never had before was um, a, like a track to I go around. I say animals. Animals. <laughs> <laughs> no, they have the animals. They have the animals. We've got lions that like to escape and go down the motorway. 
seen that in Derry Girls. I'm like, that's not real. I went, that happens a lot. Um, but they, they had a one-way system, at, which meant you got to see everything. And before, you didn't have that. Yeah. So I think having sort of one-way systems that we even see around the city now mm. is sort of helping them a bit better, that you have more of an idea of where you can go and what you can do, especially for tourists who are coming to Manchester. It is a very popular spot and people want to see what's here. Absolutely. We want people to come into the city, um, mostly by public transport, by walking and cycling. It still needs to be accessible, accessibility routes um, and, you know, having one-way systems is one way to do that. Yeah. Is, uh, so what's the ultimate end goal then? Well, you know, I'm up for re-election in nine days' time. I can't yep. see past those nine days. <laughs> Every single day I'm out delivering letters and trying to speak to as many voters as possible. So the long-term aim is to be re-elected in nine days' time. So I urge everyone to go out and, and vote Labour. Wear your masks, obviously sanitise your hands in the polling stations, yes. but please do vote. And would you say a vote for Labour is an easy vote within Manchester? Uh, no, I wouldn't say it's an easy, but I, I think, you know, people vote for all different types of reasons and it's really personal to them. And, you know, a, a vote for Labour is a reflection on your values and the values you want to see the, the city mm -hmm. governed on. Um, you know, honesty, transparency, you know, radical, you know, demanding things that, you know, whilst national government aren't helping us, we're, we're still going to try and push for them and fight for them. Um, you know, those are the values that Thanks I represent. It's very northern traits, then. <laughs> Indeed. And very just finally, northern. the amount of letters that you've been pushing through people's letterboxes, you'd urge them to recycle them. I know, absolutely. They're all on recyclable paper. Right. Unlike my opposition parties who go Ooh. for the glossy part, the glossy paper, I go for the cheap paper because it's recyclable and it's all I can afford. <laughs> <laughs> Comes out of your own pocket, I'm sure. It, it absolutely does. Does yeah, it really? Never. Well, you want to get a hobby. I know. Now, listen, <laughs> um, absolutely fantastic once again to speak to you and the best of luck. I suppose yes, the next luck. few days are going to be very nerve-wrecking and finger-biting and nail-biting and all that for you, aren't they? We'll be cheering for you. We'll have the absolutely out. amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Next up, we've got somebody who is spilling the tea. That'll make sense later on. With us, we've got Mr. Mark Crossdale. Hello. Hello, I'm well, thank you. How are you? It's been a while okay. since I've seen you. You're looking wonderful and... Well, handsome. Let's just put it that way. Oh, and I thought I was the flirt in the show. Yes, it's time to... <laughs> I've never... I've, we've done many of these shows, and I think the screen has never looked quite so camp. I'll be completely honest. I'll give you that, actually. Uh -huh. And we did LGBT History Month. That's mm, true. <laughs> uh, so, Spilling the Tea, tell us all about it. Oh, well, Spilling the Tea is a show, uh, my first solo show, actually, that I really am looking forward to performing in front of a live audience one day, my dream. Uh, but for this uh, show, it's going to be a filmed version of the show. So we've made a film and uh, Spilling the Tea is about kind of the journey of coming out. Obviously, it's about uh, a tea about biscuits because I love biscuits um, and it's about finding ways to belong ways to yeah. how we work to fit in how we work to come out but also moments where we stay in as well um, yeah. it's a really personal autobiographical show that talks a lot about my journey and hopefully it resonates with a lot of people well we last saw you when you were planning on doing a show uh, with a piano isn't that yeah. right yeah <laughs> That's yeah. right. That's a show about uh, my grandma, Barbara. And actually, in this I show, this. Spilling the Tea, I talk about uh, my grandma, Barker, Barkamara, who's Croatian. So I have a little obsession with grandmas. Uh, oh, in this show, I also have? talk... <laughs> I just had the two, uh, well but done. I did adopt another grandma, uh, Jessica Fletcher, uh, <laughs> from Murder, She Wrote. My third, she's <laughs> next to me. <laughs> 
uh, in the show, I actually talk about uh, the three powerful women in my life uh, who I now refer to as my holy trinity. So that's my Barker, my mum, and Jessica Fletcher. So, uh, yeah, if you want to know why they're my holy trinity, you'll find out. I can't wait for murder. She wrote the musical. It's going to be amazing. She wrote the musical. It's got to be done soon. It's got I to be see done. see you in that. I'm so, there for it. How have you come about devising this show, then? Oh, well, um, it's been a process. Uh, this show has been in development for about two years now, and it's had many lot, many different iterations, uh, a few different titles. Um, uh, it's been a journey into my past, uh, looking at old videos, home videos, uh, a journey of discovery in itself, really. Um, lots of sharings with lots of different people, uh, bringing different teams on board. We've got a great team behind this one. Lowry Evans is directing. Uh, I've got the producer, Lauren Banks. We even had Cheddar Gorgeous come in uh, to view uh, the show and offer us some advice and some thoughts. Um, so it's been a long process um, and a really interesting one. So I'm really happy we've made it here. Oh, good. I, I can, going by from what we can see, obviously, in the trailer, I'm guessing it has a bit of an aspect of Alice in Wonderland-y kind of style, just going by the rabbit and the tea party. Um, what very. sort of brought that element to it? Well, actually, that was very much the director, Lowry, um, pulling things from the script and linking them together. Um, I think on a journey of coming out, uh, that kind of uh, finding yourself theme, Larry really honed in on it, and there's there's a story within the show, um, kind of centering around the rabbit. Um, mm -hmm. So Larry did a really amazing job of pulling these things out that I didn't necessarily know were there to begin with. Um, so yeah. And in the video, are you the rabbit? Oh, that's a very good question. I, I know. Tell you, I'm the answer to that. it. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, on this show. I think it's safe to say that someone is the rabbit. Oh, um, oh I love, you see, I've started this. The audience now. is the rabbit. I tell you, the rabbit. It's your interpretation. Get Peter Jackson. Hunt. There'll be about four thousand stories about this now. I tell you, I, <laughs> I want a Who film trilogy. No. Who is the rabbit? So there is a lot more. There is Who a lot more the in this then than just a coming out story. Then. I would say so. I think. Um, one of the things that I've seen a lot of, and I still want to keep seeing a lot of, is the coming out story. But uh, my coming out story, I feel, is different be because this is about finding ways to come out to different people and sometimes the choice not to come out to those people and yeah. how that affects the way we behave. So how do people see us differently in different situations mm. and how do we kind of take control of how we want to be seen and why we shouldn't be feeling guilty for that decision. I suppose that's the thing of we, we sort of come out every day in some way. Every time you meet yeah. someone new, you kind of have to sort of mention it and you, you don't really or want not to mention it. Or not mention no, it. You, but you, you constantly choose whether it's the right situation. Yeah, or not, oh, absolutely. You? you know, some people you sit down and you'll be like, and I mentioned that I'm engaged to a guy. Yeah. Will they find that weird? Well, if, and then you're also judging whether you want to continue knowing this person or whether they judge you and if they yeah, judge you the wrong absolutely. way, are they meant to be in your life as well? Sounds like there's a lot of complex issues uh, masquerading within this mm. production of yours. I, I, well, I would say so. Um, I think the important thing is as well is that it's it's not, it's a fun show. It's a yeah. really fun show. It's fun to be making it. It's fun to perform it. Um, and it's, I think it's really fun to, to experience it. Um, there's a lot of biscuits in there as well. In fact, if you, you know, do yeah, book the show, I recommend yeah. you get a cup of tea, 
get a big pack of biscuits and watch it with me. What's uh, your favourite biscuit, can, Mark? Can, what's my favourite biscuit? Uh, well, it fluctuates. It's, a, it's fluid. Um, but at the moment, I would say custard cream. Oh, oh it's not the bourbon. Like bourbon. Oh, I love a bourbon. Love a bourbon or a malt. <sighs> a malt. A, a, a malted milk. A malted milk. You a know malted, I, let let people in the why. comments, tell us what your favourite biscuit is. And if it's a malted milk, you're wrong. No, let me tell you why. <laughs> no, because that malted milk is up there as the challenge, the ultimate challenge. Because you've got to know just how long to dip it in your tea for before it becomes nothing more than wallpaper paste. Why? This is the challenge There's that I go for on a daily basis. It's if I had to go for a bland one, it's got to be a nice. Are you good at dunking, Mark? Oh, I would say I'm good. I've had a lot of practice at dunking, yeah. Mm. Uh, I like a good dunk. Um, I, but you're right, it's all about the technique. You've got to practice, you've got to, uh, you've got to really rehearse that, that biscuit dunk. I think, I think dunking, dunking is an that. art. It is. Have you mastered it yet? I, I, no, I'm, I'm no good at dunking. No. 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 <laughs> I like a good cup of tea, but I'm not very good at putting things in my cup of tea, to be honest oh, with you. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. There's a euphemism right. somewhere. Mark Crossdale, where's it on? Where can we find it? How can we watch it? So, it's actually on tomorrow. Tomorrow at 6pm. <gasps> so, oh! what you want to do is go onto the contact website, that's contactmcr.com, and book your ticket, and then watch along with everyone, with your cup of tea and your biscuits, 6 o'clock tomorrow. And there's loads, there's loads of other stuff going on within the Queer Contact There is, Festival. we're featuring okay. quite a few of them here today as well. Got Mark some more. Crossdale, best of luck Thank with you very much. Uh, as Thank always, you. Interesting play from yourself. A play? Production. Let's call it production. It sounds production. Better. Yeah. An, in, an interesting concept from yourself, sir. Thank you. Yes, that's what we'll <laughs> say. And uh, I can't wait to, to see you putting these two together. Yeah. The piano. The, the piano. piano and the rabbit. tea. Please welcome the fabulous Manleray as they talk about their new theatre show all around a watermelon and some partles. You know you're interested, don't lie. Hi, I'm Can, I, can I first How just say... Doing? Fine, thank you. She nearly freaked out when you threw the watermelon to her. I just oh. screamed. I thought you were going <laughs> to drop like... the watermelon. And I'm going to drop it. In my brain, it says you're doing this live, even though we know that's been pre-recorded for us. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> Tell us the story. I am so intrigued about this one. What is the story behind <laughs> the watermelon? Tell me. Ah, uh, the story behind the watermelon. So that's a secret one, actually. It's not oh. in the show. So this oh. is... Oh, my God. I'm a little bit wonky there. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a secret. So when I was making the show, I sort of realised, oh, I'm talking about really difficult things. Not like hard to write, but writing about personal experiences in your life that mm -hmm. one easy is always a little bit of a task. So it was like, okay, if I'm going to do this for at least a couple of years, then I need to be to have something that's going to make me feel at ease and the watermelons are sort of like my um yeah cushion my protection shield my support um they're a part of like the catharsis that has been oh, my very weird and messy life actually oh, <laughs> which fair, is what the show fair. is about so what shield. inspired you to create it then like what <laughs> really sort of pushed you to go i'm gonna make a show about this like this why? Hmm. Oh, um, it just sort of happened. Um, I started writing something and I've mostly like written poetry um, for the last like four or five years. And I'd like written scripts and stuff before when I was at university. And then I just sort of started writing this poem and it was like 10 minutes long. And then I kept like adding on to it. And I was like, oh, 
guess it's a bit longer and it's maybe not quite a poem but it sort of is and the show sort mm -hmm. of like weaves like poetry and storytelling together but it's sort of I don't know I'd seen quite a lot of like shows and I sort of realized that there were things about myself that I sort of spent a long time hiding and feeling like I couldn't talk about which is the fact that I have refugee status and that's how I'm allowed to wow. stay in the UK um and I realized there was a lot of shame attached to like that part of my life and then I was just sort of like why why am I ashamed of that um well it's a big part um, of who you are and mm, what goes yeah. on in your life absolutely so visually mm. what do we expect to see from this show <laughs> chaos mess um, watermelons. 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 Nice. I'm never gonna look at watermelons Power again. Tools. <laughs> Power tools and watermelons sounds like a night out on Canal Street. It does. <laughs> do you think there'll be an, um, if you do get success with this show? Do you think you'll be able to diverse into I don't know another fruit like a banana or something? Maybe. Of course, that's the oh, first one you think of. Only the heavy, dramatic fruits like a banana. Like if you throw a, a banana down, like it's the impact. You know, I'm all about the drama. What, what other heavy fruits do we know? Uh, melons. Melons, that's kind of a watermelon. Kind of melon. A melon. Uh, uh, pineapple. <gasps> what about a pineapple or a zucchini? <gasps> zucchini, starfruit. As long as they're not fruits that can easily be, gro be grown in the UK, then yeah, I'm all about smashing. So I'm here for it. Starfruit, guys. That's where the process behind that is then, is it? You, you've, you've actually thought of a st even a storyline for, for the watermelon. Yeah, because like, I suppose like the title, the next um, speaker, Roma Haven, is actually the person who gifted me with the title of the show as British as a watermelon, because I'm really bad at naming things. Um, but like, yeah, watermelons are obviously something that aren't British. Um, and I started making the show at a time when I was supposed to be applying for British citizenship and becoming British and I was like I, I don't I don't know that I feel like I actually am this thing and so it's like the watermelons aren't British and neither am I and so we're just like doing this thing on this island together. Yes yeah, so Amanda Ray, where can we find this please? Um, it will be at Queer Contact on Friday. I'm opening for my favourite Doctor Who writer, Russell T Davis, and my friend. Love that man. Love I, for anyone that doesn't watch or doesn't know, Brandon's the biggest Doctor Who fan going. So you I'm are going to get to meet him oh. eventually, you know. I will cry, well, and then I'll say hi your name. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> We look forward to seeing it. it's going to be fantastic. But for now, uh, best of luck with it, as we've been saying to each of you. Are we allowed to say, we're not allowed to say best of luck with theatre shows, are we? No, it's break a leg. Break a leg, but don't, unless you're Bad sleeping on a watermelon, in which case that's fine. It's kind Please of understandable. Don't sleep on watermelon. Uh, uh, break a leg in that way. Well, make sure there's a camera there, because that's 250 quid. You've been framed. New commission starting in a couple of weeks. <laughs> All right. It's been a dream. Thank you so much. Next up is Roma Havers. Are they here for Wimbledon or are they doing a theatre show? I guess you'll have to listen in and find out. You can catch them soon on Contact and listen to what it's about now. So tell us, Roma, all about this wonderful production of yours. So Lob is a tennis poetry bonanza show. Um, it's all about how my grandma really thought I was going to be a tennis player when I grew up because she found out I was left-handed and that really didn't work out. I sort of turned into a little queer instead. So um, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's my journey through that, really, is the basis of the show. So 
Love, I love that. Love then. L-O-B. What, does that stand for anything in particular? It does. It's a tennis move that's oh. when they hit the ball really far over the net. Leg um, over bat. Is that what it is? Yeah. Leg over bat? I don't know. Is it leg over bat? Maybe. I don't know. Um, but it's also, you know, just lobbing about a little bit, just giving it a go. It's also oh. to give I it see, a lob. I'd have called it. So. Uh, you called it what? Uh, I'm glad we cut back to you there, because otherwise <laughs> the sound of you going, huh, huh. Uh, We've asked each of the um, the wonderful guests we've had on today, where did this develop from? What was the idea behind it? Mm -hmm. What's the message? Well, so, I wanted to make a dance show, because I love to dance, but I don't think I would ever be cast in a dance show. So, I wanted to make one mm. for my own. Um, so that was the starting point and then i thought about other areas of my life where oh i've really wanted to give that a go but i wouldn't ever be like exceptional i'm never going to be a tennis star i'm never going to be like a professional dancer yeah but I mean, this the, the, now the I combination can. of it is amazing show. yeah exactly uh, so have you combined tennis techniques with dance techniques and brought us a new sort of matthew bond style production Kind of, yeah. So it was movement directed by Christopher Brown, who is fantastic. And there's a lot of tennis moves in it. It's all around a swing ball set, so I don't have to do real tennis. <laughs> have it attached <laughs> by a rope. Um, yeah, dance, dance, tennis, um, and a good time. I think it's a joyful show, is the hope. Yeah. Mm. So visually then, audially, what do, we, what do we get to see? What do we get to feel? So obviously we've made it into a film, which is completely different from a theatre show. Um, but it's all in space one in contact. You'll get mm. to see me moving around the stage. You'll get to wow. hear some poetry and original music from Donna Lohman as well. Um, and it's completely soundtracked, all original music. So Very lots nice. of exciting new things. So Ooh. where can people expect to find this? What date are we looking at for your show? Um, it's going to be on Contact Theatre's website as part of Queer Contact, and it is eight o'clock tomorrow night um, that it will be shown. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's the 29th of April. Very nice. Well, that's nice. fantastic. It really is. Well, it sounds like it's going to be quite the sensation. We look yeah. forward to seeing that. We really, really do. Um, your productions are talked about quite a lot when we come to these type of festivals uh, because of your particular quirk and how you do things. So. What's next for you then? Um, I think I'd like to work more collaboratively with other artists and, mm. and do a show that isn't just me on stage. I think, um, yeah, I think that's what I'd like to do. Once we're allowed back in spaces with other people, um, yeah. makes more collaborative dance shows. Maybe I'll try something different. Maybe I'll become an ice skater. Who knows? Is it easier working? Is it easier? doing it with yourself or would you prefer to do it with somebody else? Um, I think there's different things about both, aren't there? Um, it's easier because I don't have to explain myself to myself. Um, but, I, but this has been really collaborative anyway because of the movement involved and because of the musician as well. Yeah. It's, it really does sound good, and we can't yeah, wait to I'm see this one. Thank you very much. We really can't. And best of luck with it. Thank yes. you so much, Roma, for tonight. Thank you very much. Wow, what a show that was, everybody. So excited. I can't believe how many wonderful productions are going on I know. for this wonderful Contact Theatre Festival 
thing. Queer Festival. Exactly. It's fantastic, isn't it? It's absolutely amazing. Will you be watching any of them? Oh, absolutely. Oh, well, we look forward to it. Now then, uh, make sure you check out the website. That is the Contact Theatre's website. They've got loads of wonderful productions coming up in the next few months. Till then, though, join us next time on this lovely podcast version of... Your Manchester! Manchester.